Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I'm speaking to you from sunny Southern California. Hi, I'm Stephen G. Fullwood, and I am the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project, and I'm coming to you from Harlem, and it's a warm, sunny day as well. Hey, I'm Seth Rodney, and I'm speaking to you from the province of the South Bronx. I'm an editor at Hyperallergic. Uh, Se- senior I, editor. Uh, oh, yeah, senior yes. editor. That's right. <laughs> I write about art and all its related issues. And you can find me on the web at sephrodney.com. Uh, this is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and the time to figure out things out loud and together. Uh, Speaking of together, uh, I I really want to just address this publicly. I think we need to get the damn clap right. Like we never like clap all at once. Like what is that? Uh, Okay. So there's... Yeah, there's a delay. <laughs> is in, that what in, it is in the video? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, drive, yeah. It's been driving me crazy ever since. So, but it doesn't. It doesn't. So the clap, which is the listeners, this is something that we do right before we begin recording. It's to make the sound engineer's job easier. So he the just lines up. up the claps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he just lines up the claps. Like, like they so, do in, for the movies. Like you know, take one. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That's our. It's our clapper, right? Right. Yeah. So, uh, so, I mean, we can work on our synchronized clapping if you want afterwards. I don't know how, <laughs> you know I don't know how much time you have on Memorial Day. but well, you, know, you know what it makes me think of is that joke that Prince used to make or had made at one point during a concert where he said, why people clap on the one? One, clap. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, so, every so time. So you're, in, you're, in, you're inferring I'm the weak link. Is no, what you're doing. no. <laughs> I'm, in this analogy, we're all white people. <laughs> in this analogy, wow, wow. <laughs> well, that's just awesome. <laughs> so we'll get All we'll right. get the clap right. We'll get it. Right. Okay, please. So uh, we we decided, uh, you know, we 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 kind of roundtable the topics we're going to use, um, uh, or we're going to we're going to take on. And we, there's a few that are kicking around, but one that came out of our last uh, discussion, just kind of a checking in with the 2020 Democratic field, which I think we're going to table for now because it's a long, long political season. We will obviously come back to it as the election gets closer. But uh, Stephen uh, brought up, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think what I think is going to be a pretty productive conversation, which is not uh, not couching it in a grin and bit grin and uh, grit your teeth rather is the, f- the phrase I was going for mm-hmm. uh, kind of way. But what positive things from our points of view, right? None of us here would be identified as conservative or I- populist. I don't think, although maybe Stephen would probably would I-, I would imagine would argue with the things that get at- attached to populism because I know that he's very much a man of the of the people. Um, <laughs> I know you are. You you often I mean and and, and I mean that uh, as a compliment. I mean, I'm a community you know, you, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a community worker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what positive things came out of the 2016 election? Right, just flat out. What what positive things have emerged because of the election of Donald J. Trump? And so we're going to just tackle this one, and we're going to try and do it in an intellectually honest way. So, Stephen, do you want to do you want to get us started? Or I would like to get us started, and I would like to suggest something that we all do to go back to the night that Trump was elected. Mm. How yeah. you felt? 
you know, how you felt. Mm. And so I remember I was tired. I was sleepy. So I was kind of in and out of a daze um, and watching the news and then waking up, I mean, going to sleep and waking up. And then finally, it looked as if he was just, <laughs> he was just screaming ahead of Hillary Clinton. And I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. Um, what cities, what states haven't reported yet? And, and I, I got two calls, one from a good friend of mine who lives in Houston. And she was like, what the fuck is happening? The second call I got from a friend in Seattle, and she and I just laughed. We're like, okay, mm. here we go. <laughs> Let's find out how this is going to work out. And so she um, she says, I got myself a bottle of wine. I'm going to sit here and mm. watch these returns come in mm. and laugh. She said, because, well, whatever we get, we got to work with. And mm-hmm. so I appreciated her. I set that up just because I remember thinking, wow, what's going to happen next? Well, we got to stay aware. We have to do our work as a populist, individual, collectively, to hold our politicians accountable. Seth, what about you? I have a few things, actually, I want to say. I started getting a list together as Stephen was talking, mm-hmm. um, realizing, of course, I should have just had the damn list together before. But I think I need a conversation to kind of get things going for me there are a couple mm-hmm. of things that that, that well that wait, did you would you, you were you going to answer steven's questions about a uh, question about what you how you felt the night oh sorry the thank you thank you for yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you for getting yeah. me back on track i was yeah i just thought he was going to ignore me i was like no what's up steph no i was just i was just off in my own little green pasture <laughs> i just i just didn't uh thank you um how i felt um so there's a scene in What's the name of the film about the drag sort of houses in late 80s New York? Paris is Burning. Right. Paris is Burning. There's a scene in Paris is Burning where one of the house mothers, I think, um, talks about getting thrown out of the house as a teenager because Mm -hmm. he or she had come out to Mm -hmm. her parents. And um, I'll just call her her. And she said, I was just devastated. And that's how I felt. Like, I really definitely mm. felt devastated. I felt like, and I still feel this way, actually, that people, particularly the ones who support him, mm-hmm. uh, don't realize how precarious the balance of life on this planet really is. And they've made, in some cases, I think, I don't think this is, for, this is true for everyone at all who supports him, mm-hmm. but in some cases, people made a kind of frivolous and um, uh, irresponsible choice. I mean, some people made the choice on principle, but I think a lot of people just made it frivolously. And it felt to me like you, we've tipped the world over because there's certain things, there's certain mechanisms in place, right? That that that, that determine kind of large collective action, like the Paris Accords. Right, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. like the way that we approach climate change and um, seek to mitigate its worst effects, those things, those things go south, mm-hmm. and I don't know that they will come back. Right, mm-hmm. I don't know that we will recover. I don't know that we will recover. I don't know that the Middle East will recover. Well, I shouldn't call it the Middle East, West Asia, um, will recover from what's happening in terms of. Um, uh, geopolitically how we're maneuvering in that region, right? Like how Mm -hmm. we are buttressing Saudi Arabia, how we're basically trying, we're desperately trying to, um, not we, but my government is trying to choke off Iran, right? Mm. They're they're actually trying to reduce them to poverty. So 
those things, I don't know that they're going to come back. I felt devastated. I still feel devastated. I still feel like the world is just ticked over into a position where things are even more precarious than they were. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. I can recall very vividly how I felt, and I I felt impotent. Wow. Uh, And like psychologically and physically, Mm. uh, I mean that quite literally, um, for days afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I was like, oh, this is what it feels to be cock-blocked by culture. Right. So like, yeah, you know, like I totally understand that I had all of these like shiny ideas about what the Mm -hmm. United States meant to me and Mm -hmm. meant in world history, warts and all. Mm -hmm. Um, And it didn't mean those things, Mm -hmm. at least that night. Right. I Mm -hmm. mean, a lot of the work for starting this podcast, for example, uh, and the American age was a an immunal response mm-hmm. to that election and to not respond uh it actually is making me tear up right now to like think of like i was mm-hmm. really i was leveled uh that that night mm-hmm. and i think if i it's not too difficult for me to like revisit that wound because mm-hmm. um i I don't want to be wrong about what I think about human capacities and mm. and the future. I really don't. And that night was a challenge to me. And not to hold, you know, not to hold Hillary Clinton up as, you know, the, the danger, you know, I forget which political uh, scientist or philosopher said this about branding the other side as evil in your political debates, mm-hmm. you know, the, the 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 most significant danger of that is that the imp, the implication is that you are good. Right. right. So Absolutely. so I don't I don't I don't wanna I really I took your question seriously. I'm not vilifying Trump. I'm really not I'm mm-hmm. not vilifying those that supported him. But to me, the election was a very, very, very clear signal all the warning lights on the flight board have lit up mm, and yeah. like, and, and the, the country. And if I can be uh, sort of Anglo American centric for a second, the mm-hmm. world is in trouble. And mm-hmm. I do think the United States is a barometer of, of, of that, at least at this point in history, it may not, it's certainly not always going to be, but it is right now. And I think, uh, mm. I think the planes in trouble, yeah, is yeah. how I felt that night. Yeah. That's really powerful, though. I really sympathize and can re- relate to the idea that human potential, you don't want to be wrong about that. And I don't want to be wrong about it. I take a slightly different take with with the Trump administration and the things that he's done in his administration and, and the Senate and other Republicans and conservatives and alt-right people. It was something you said before, and I don't. I'm sure I will get it wrong, or I hope that I don't get it wrong. Is that they're they have a perspective that they think is right, and I f- have to find ways in my mind to kind of grapple with the nuances of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to jump very briefly to say that the, the reason why I thought this would be a good opportunity to talk is that I'm very clear that good can come out of everything. It can come out of the worst yeah. situations. And Absolutely. after being bombarded with so much media, both mainstream, independent media, blogs, people online, that 
it's not enough to say somebody's evil or something's wrong. It's like, well, why is it wrong? And mm-hmm. what can be done to rectify it, clean it up, change it? How can we get in there and wrestle with the things mm-hmm. I think, you, um, at least the U.S. for me, because I don't have, I'm not a sociologist, and but my brain goes, if, if I turned off the TV and I, I just was talking with people that I knew in my circle, mm-hmm. who are largely people who are progressive, thoughtful, engaged people, and then the folks that I work with, and there is a um, malaise, and there is a fuck, and there mm-hmm. is a depression about where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Based on the policies that have been enacted, based on people's responses about their coworkers or their families, I think one of the most interesting things that has that this particular administration has brought out and made really clear for me is that people agree with Trump that you didn't even know agreed with that you wouldn't think would agree with Trump, and not because of their inaction, because they wonder why they don't understand trans people. You know, mm-hmm. they worry about jobs. So what are the immigrants coming to get? And, and mind you, none of these people, I mean, some of these people who are progressive, I'm like, don't you know better than this? Haven't you done any research? Where's your heart with this? Yeah. You know, so it's revealed to me and even in myself, it's required me to do more research because I can't allow myself to be caught in the briar of that helplessness. Well, one of the. I'm interested what Seth's list is. One of the things, just to try and put a point on what you just said, mm-hmm. uh, uh, one of the yellow jacket organizers in in Paris mm-hmm. um, said in response to uh, Emmanuel Macron's policies that you know uh, Macron is worried about the end of the world and we're worried about getting to the end of the month, mm. um, and and I think. Now, whether that is true, I mean, you know, there's 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 probably a discussion to be had around the truth of the precariousness of that feeling for many people, because a lot of times I, I, I do think we have to acknowledge that prejudice and bias and narrow mindedness is often couched in terms that are acceptable to the larger culture. So, you know, it's not about blacks it's about the economy it's not about right. immigrants it's about jobs right mm-hmm. so i mean we we it's, know it's, that it's pe- not about um 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 killing black men indiscriminately it's about the rule of law it's law yeah law. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so we not know, to talk about these things that's right. right so we know that this is a rhetorical move that gets used historically it gets used today so i, I so i think i feel like we we can't lose sight of that mm-hmm. but but there are people in this country who are really hurting economically mm-hmm. and culturally. So I would say that you know, sort of psychically, right, psychologically, and who are not on the progressive rhetorical train, right? So mm-hmm. me- meaning that meaning that their line of of sort of assuagement is not the progressive line, right? right? It doesn't mean that they're anti-trans. It doesn't mean they're anti-gay. It doesn't mean that they're anti-immigrant. They may in fact be, I'm not saying, but, but there are, I do feel like that coalition of people that voted for him mm-hmm. are complicated, right? No, and, I definitely, and, they're and, nuanced. And, 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 
some, <laughs> well, you know, not all, right? So some of them, some of them are not complicated. But how, fact, so I was going to ask you very briefly that. So these people that you speak of, this, you know, this um, example, can you be anti something based on your indifference to it, or your um, inability to think about it straight, or just not think about it at all? Because I think. What's happening with the abortion debate is interesting because we see obviously more women and now I'm starting to hear more men talk about it as an issue that affects them. But I'm trying to figure out if you are, you know, either you're for something or you're against something, right? I'm trying to like break that up and make it a lot more thoughtful. But can you be anti something through um neglect? Yeah, neglect. neglect. Benign neglect um, or fiat. Do you know what I mean? I do. Well, I mean, so I think that there are core – I think there are motivating core issues for people, right? So very few people care about – and, you know, unless you have like a really comprehensive sort of philosophical worldview, which most people do not, Mm -hmm. um, you you tend to be motivated – animated by just a handful of issues, right? Whether, you know, kind of the low-hanging fruit. You know, just as far as examples go, would be something like uh, abortion is mm-hmm. an animating principle, which which many people have credited the 2016 election win to, right? Because mm-hmm. you know this idea of stacking the court and, and this right. possibility of getting Roe v. Wade overturned. So these other sort of satellite concerns, decorum continuing racial equality, you know, Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff are sort of satellite peripheral issues Mm -hmm. to this core issue, which for them is something like abortion. Now, there Mm -hmm. are other there are other ones like that. I mean, a lot of people that would consider would consider themselves. I may not consider them that, but they would consider themselves principal conservatives because Mm -hmm. they believe in a conservative Supreme Court, for example, Right. Uh, for different reasons than abortion, right? Sort of, they tell themselves, "Well, I'm going to grit my teeth and I'm going to hold my nose and I'm going to vote for Trump and I'm going to support Trump mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and whatnot." Now, you know, now to be clear, I am opposed. I, I would, I would attack aggressively each of those positions culturally and philosophically. I, I think they're bankrupt, mm-hmm. but but I do think that that is. That's the space that many voters move mm-hmm. from and that sort of a, a coalition of general agreement around right. uh, is is often not an animating, motivating principle. But let me step in here and, and try please, to please. Um, mm-hmm. steer us back towards the question that initiated the conversation, which is in what ways has mm-hmm, Trump's mm-hmm. election actually produce some sort of solve to that to that what I would describe as a as a major wound. Yeah, um, thank you. So what are the good th- so what are the good things that have come out of this essentially? Okay. One of them is that um and this is the first on my list, um just because it's the first that occurred to me is the economic council that he had disbanding in the wake of his racist remarks. So he had a strategy and policy forum the Manufacturing mm-hmm. Council, um, mm-hmm. which hosted many of the top corporate leaders in America according to um Washington Post. And uh, I forget one of the, which one first resigned, but I think it was a black man who was mm. head of Merck. Yes, Merck Chief, right. Chief Executive Kenneth Frazier was one of the first to resign in the wake of the Charlottesville mm. comments. I think what has happened, and Travis and I have talked about this, 
uh, separately. I don't. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure that you were there for that conversation, Stephen. But basically, mm-hmm. we said that given the extent to which Trump's administration is virulently racist, has virulently racist policies. I mean, putting kids in cages. That there's yeah. just no justification for that. Allowing them to die while in yeah. U.S. custody. Uh, the way he's talked about Puerto Rico. Um, I mean, there's a raft of things. Like calling Shithole NFL, countries. Yeah, and... it's calling calling um, NFL players who protest sons of bitches. Right. Mm-hmm. So what it has done is it's forced business to actually begin to show some moral courage. Yes. Because they recognize, and this is why I wanted to, this is how I wanted to tie it into what we were talking about. That kind of collective a- action that we're talking about actually gets spurred in some cases by by really egregious behavior. Mm-hmm. So so mm-hmm. even corporate guys who really, I mean, corporate agents, I should say, who really just care about the bottom line. I mean, they, they are primarily motivated by the profit motive. Mm-hmm. Even they recognize that now, given where we are in history, we can you cannot break bread with a government agent who essentially mm-hmm. says that racism is okay. So it's forced business to mm-hmm, actually mm-hmm. begin to reorient itself mm-hmm. or orient itself towards some kind of moral code. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing that have come that's come out of this mm-hmm. debacle. I agree with that completely. Yeah, thank uh, thank you one thank you for bringing us back to the topic. So uh, and it's and and it's a great it's a great example because it's a pretty artful way to shift my the where I was, you know, I, I kind of uh, was sinking into a, a darker place uh, <laughs> in the conversation. But it's a great, right, I mean, what this did, I mean, and you're right, you and I had that conversation. What that did was it allowed us to run a kind of a cultural barometer up and Absolutely. to say like, okay, mm-hmm. wait a minute, things have moved, right? Things, yeah, things have moved. moved in the culture. Like when you have corporate executives whose fiduciary responsibility is absolutely the bottom line, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, uh, profit, period, right? Mm-hmm. When these people are saying that that an action that that clearly marginalizes and denigrates a segment of the population is is too far like that's the conservative cultural position like exactly. that is like the exactly. absolute mm-hmm. like sort right. of you know letterman's jacket conservative right. position right. and right. that has moved right. that's moved and to get that kind of check uh you're absolutely right Seth. is a is a is a uh, heartening Mm-hmm. Is absolutely. I mean, something has moved um, in mm-hmm. in the culture um, mm-hmm. when when these are the people that are standing up for principles mm-hmm. that you find that align with you. Stephen looks at you. You're going to say something. Oh no! I thank you for that. I um, but I was just thinking and sort of bathing in that again. That no matter how terrible it gets, there's always something good, and there's always something to kind of look at and and, and be inspired mm-hmm. by. And I think women running for office mm-hmm. and and winning. You know, Jordan Davis, the young man who was shot and murdered, mm-hmm. his mother ran for um, Congress and won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are these moments that I think we're starting to see the Me Too movement was definitely emboldened, or at least not not emboldened, but just more fueled by Trump, you know, yeah. and, and folks like Trump. And that mm-hmm. there are a lot of cabinet members who did not get through cabinet, <laughs> the cabinet, some, a few that ha- were abusive to their wives or... That kind of thing. So I think that I agree. I right. think that it's starting to put 
a little energy into the spine for some people to speak out and say, this is incorrect. Mm-hmm. This is wrong. Why are, we, why are we acting as if this is normal? So I think I'm happy to see that there's some very conscientious women and men and even trans folk running for office to get and things changed, s- you know? Yeah, and I want to add on to that, Stephen, that not only is it women who are running and uh, su- succeeding in gaining public office, but the kinds of women right. are really mm-hmm. important, right? Because you have... Yeah, these uh, are Sarah Palin's or something. Right, right. right. You have Rashida Talib, I think Talib. that's her name. Mm-hmm. Talib. Right. Mm-hmm. And Ilhan... Ilan Omar, Omar, um, who in office, Omar. Uh, right? Mm-hmm. And she's—they're both Muslim, and you have a woman who is an avowed democratic socialist in Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You have people who are Native American. Finally, Deb Halan and Sharice yeah. Davids uh, mm-hmm. were uh, elected to Congress. So this is this is remarkable. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. And it gives us, it's hopeful because when you see that demonstration of courage and bravery, but also the kind of onslaught of the negativity that they've been saddled with mm-hmm. and, and the false reporting and the, <laughs> I mean, uh, Janine P- Piero, the judge, mm-hmm. <laughs> former yeah. judge is on Fox. Yeah. I love the way they do her on um, Saturday Night Live because she's always sort of yelling, but mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. she's quite dangerous. I mean, she's quite, mm-hmm. quite um, directive. She's quite calculating. And is this the way we want to run the U.S.? Why is she there? Is she really American or not? You know, those loud mouths are starting. I think they've always been we've always been like a loud mouth or whatever. But people are now taking them to task, even sometimes Fox, who knows that their dollars depend on people, advertisers. They Mm -hmm. know that. So they're trying to do more, reach out to the other side, so to speak, because Mm -hmm. they understand the bottom line. So they can't have too many um, loose cannons. On their network, not the way yeah. they do. But mm-hmm. but I also wonder, and I and this is a bit a far field of the topic, but it's related. I wonder what the statute of limitations is for Fox News because it's essentially mm. a generational phenomenon, right? Like you only have Fox News because you have a it's class, very popular in a certain demographic, yeah. Right, well, mm. a class of yeah. white people, you know, aged around fifty. Yeah, growing, I suppose, but age mm-hmm. generally fifty five and you know skew Christian, skew um, mm-hmm. evangelical, yeah. la la la. Mm-hmm. These people resent, like right? I mean, Fox News is powered by resentment. These people mm-hmm. resent the way the world that shift that we were talking about that that mm-hmm. shift that caused CEOs to. Um, to abandon, uh, get up and uh, walk uh, away. Yeah, right. Yeah, to abandon Trump. That these people resent that shift. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if there's like a point at which Fox is just going to kind of run out of resentment. Like these people are going to die off. And well, I mean, maybe one of the things that to take a cue from you and think about it in terms of the the topic, mm-hmm. as far as what's positive. I mean, in many ways, Trump's election has really revealed. I mean, Fox cannot hide anymore behind. It's sort of dissimulations about being fair and balanced. Oh, absolutely. I mean, now they've de- now they've definitely doubled down on their opinion newsroom division. What they claim is their opinion, their division between the opinion uh, section of their uh, channel and their newsroom section of the channel. And because of that, their news 
uh, their news coverage has become, I would say, better. Yes, right? I mean, it has you, been you, you absolutely, it has been yeah. you actually have people that are that have taken this administration to task and are not simply soft peddling mm-hmm. or glossing over the the obvious criticisms of some of the decisions they've made. So, I would say that Fox News, the news section, has become actually more balanced in its assessments, mm-hmm. while the opinion section has been revealed to be what it has always been, which is a shill for a kind of K-K-K. white, yeah, white Christian uh, uh, metaphysics. I mean, and I would I would mm. put it at that at that core, because it's really about people not understanding what to do with their whiteness anymore. Right. And I mean, whiteness right. in right. sort of writ, writ large, right? No, not, right. you know, not simply just waspy, but like, right. well, if, if, how do, how do we orient ourselves in the universe now? Right. Right. And, right exactly. Into a world that's coming. Right. right. That world is coming. Yeah, yeah. That world is actually yes. here. Yeah. And it's so, here. Yeah. That's right. It's here. And that's the you know? issue. Right. I mean, and this that's is, really, it is here. Yeah. But your world so, point. No, go ahead, Stephen, please. I was just thinking yeah. about Fox News and how I love it that they're feuding. <laughs> that Fox mm-hmm. News is feuding <laughs> right. with right, its top right. other, you know, its shows, you know, with the Hannity and with Piero, um, Shep, uh, what's his Shepherd name? Smith, Shepherd Smith, Smith and Chris Shepherd Wallace. Smith. They yeah. are bringing these people on and talking with, not the um, talking heads, but conservatives or people from the White House, and they are giving them the business. Yeah. And I'm like, a house divided. (laughs) It should be interesting to see what happens, you know, in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that is on my list, and I think we should save this for the next podcast. Okay. um, uh, The Fox News phenomenon folds into this, which is the increased scrutiny of the media in general. And I want to talk Mm -hmm. about specific examples I've noticed just in the past few days that have come up into my feed on Twitter. Uh, and other things that I've noticed, I suppose, on like Facebook, the ways in which we have shifted our expectations of coverage and the ways that people are covered, I think, are exemplary of something that's really been brought to the surface by the Trump administration. I agree. That's a good yeah. talk. That's a good yeah. discussion. Great. Okay. So maybe so like liter- like encase those Twitter examples in amber for next for next week. So we can <laughs> we can we have something to start from. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it. yeah, it's a it's a good topic. So okay, uh Seth, Stephen, happy Memorial Day and, and thanks very much day. for the conversation. Indeed. Thanks for God, God bless. <laughs> <laughs>